The older child said, listen, for all these years I've been working tirelessly for you and I've never disobeyed your commands, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. You know the story of the prodigal son, right? It's a familiar story. And if you don't know it from scripture, you might pick it up from the rest of our culture. In fact, just last Monday, Fox premiered a new TV show called, anybody want to guess? The Prodigal Son. Nobody, did anybody see it? No. <laughs> in that TV show, in case you were tempted, the son in question is a detective who needs to come home for advice from his father, who is a convicted serial killer and living in prison. So in case you missed it, you really didn't miss it. The English word prodigal comes from this parable of Jesus. And we rarely use the word prodigal unless it's followed immediately by the word son. Although, I had a minister friend once who bought a sailboat and christened her, wait for it, the Prodi Gal. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. Prodigal, though, is a perfectly good word, and it means free spending. Free spending both in the sense of wasteful and also in the sense of generous. The prodigal son, the free spending child. Okay, so here's a quick summary of the story. The younger child wants to leave home. He says, give me my own, and he sets off to Rome. But he goes to the dogs. He sleeps with the hogs. He wakes up in a fog. He comes to his senses. He understands his offenses and faces the consequences as he goes home to mend but when he gets home to the place and he sees his dad's face, he falls into the embrace and he basks in this amazing grace. So far, so good, right? We're good with the story so far. Up to that point, it's a sweet, sweet story. And if Jesus had left it right there, stop, put a period, return, new paragraph, we would have been fine with it. We know that there are times that we stray, each of us. We experience what Paul Tillich once called the sin of separation. Separation from, from home, from community, from family. Separation from ourselves and separation from our God. This is something that we have each experienced one time or another in one way or another. And that's why we sometimes feel ourselves in need of some kind of salvation, needing to be saved from ourselves and to be saved to live a life closer to God, closer to home, and maybe closer to ourselves. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel used to say, in the beginning was the relation 
In the beginning was the relation. In the beginning was the God who is in relationship to the, con the created order, in relationship with the universe, in relationship with the earth, in relationship with every living thing and especially with those beings that God creates and looks at and says in that very first chapter of the book of Genesis, Yar Elohim et kol asher tov me'oth. And what God meant when he said that was, Behold, it is very good. Hine ma'tov. Very good. Look, it's so good. Look at these humans, how good they are. It's like God falls in love with us at first sight. Of course, the relationship goes down in a hurry, doesn't it? Which is the subject of the other 1188 chapters of the Bible. Therefore, that downhill spiral is the subject of our parable of the prodigal son. This child who wanders off from relationship, but who returns home to find what is surely an extravagant and generous and over-the-top welcome. You could call it a, a prodigal welcome that he receives when he comes home. But sadly, the story doesn't end there. It would be such a good conclusion. You could picture the movie and it would just have such a happy ending. But the story doesn't stop there, and we won't know, we know that it really can't stop there from the moment the parable begins, because the first line of this parable is, a farmer had two children, and we've only heard about one. We've heard about the one who comes home. But there's another one, there's another child out there, and it's one who can't quite come home. He feels put upon by his dad's other spawn, so he stays on the lawn. That's the part of the story that I want us to think about today. Yeah, I'm done with that. <laughs> helps. Because unpleasant as the older sibling is, it's hard not to relate to that one. Am I right? It's hard not to relate. Who among us has never felt that level of resentment and frustration and injustice? Who has never felt that righteous anger start to boil up inside of us? And he's right. He's absolutely right. That's the thing. That's a, he's right. He's the one who did everything right. He stayed home. He worked in the fields. He stayed and took care of his dad. And if our God was a God of justice, this older sibling would be completely right. If our God was just a God of justice. I love being right. I really love being right. This may come as a shock to some of you. But I dearly love being right. It's one of my defining characteristics. One of my endearing qualities, I think. Am I right, Lee? I'm always right. And I'll go to any lengths to be right, even when I'm wrong. I noticed that again this week. 
I was getting into a mild disagreement with one of my relatives with whom I often get into mild disagreements. And I was trying hard in the middle of it not to be disagreeable. But I was trying just as hard to prove I was right, which of course I was. <laughs> Sweet. And then I thought of Rabbi Heschel's words, in the beginning was the relation. And I dropped it because I remembered that there are times when relationships trump being right. And that was hard since half of our disagreements are about Trump. But there's a sweetness to be found in even the sourest relationships. And so, our farmer, our friend the farmer, leaves the celebration and goes out in search of this child as well. This child who's right, right out on the lawn, to urge him to remember that relationship those relationships. And the farmer reminds him with the language of relatedness that the farmer uses by calling him my child, by referring to that prodigal as your sibling. In the beginning was the relationship. And in the present is the relationship. And at the end will be, we believe, the relationship. And that's why we sing songs like, how sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. It smooths our sorrows, heals our wounds, and drives away our fear. John Newton, the reformed slave trader who's better known for writing his song about the prodigal son, which he called Amazing Grace, thank you, Lee. He wrote this song as well, the song we're about to sing, which speaks further about the amazing grace of God, grace that we know through relationships. And the one who wrote about a grace that could save even a wretch like him could turn even his blindness into sight. That one knew something about the transforming power of relationship, a relationship with God, a relationship within the household of faith, a relationship with Jesus. And so he could write, Jesus, my shepherd, my spouse, my friend, my prophet, priest, my king, my Lord, my life, my way, my end. Accept the praise I bring. And so welcome home, my friends, my, my siblings, my fellow children of our God, fellow siblings of Jesus Christ. Welcome home to the house of God. When the world doesn't feel like home, welcome home to this house. When the church, the denomination, doesn't act like home, welcome home to this your home. When your family doesn't remember to be family, welcome home to the one who knows you, who loves you, who will go to any lengths to coax you, to bless you, and to embrace you with that amazing, extravagant, and prodigal grace. The one to whom we stand and say and sing, Dear name, the rock on which we build our shield and hiding place, 
our never-failing treasury filled with boundless stores of grace. Amen.